but we, we've come on the podcast to talk about martial arts and right. Jonathan wants to go fully, um, okay, fully functional so political. This, okay, but this is worth mentioning yeah. to a degree because it is kind of, this will date the podcast a little. Yeah. Hmm. We were all woken up last night at like 11 o'clock because North yes. Korea lost, launched a satellite and people started calling it a missile. Uh-huh. And which one is it? And I was like, oh, God, the streets will be full of people. panicking. Yeah. Oh, God, I walked outside and, like, nope, everyone was just, like, going about their day. Without belts, everybody. My name is John, and we're coming to, from to you, from you, to you, into your ear earphones, uh, live. We're live. Are we live? We're live. We're, we are a live. We're alive. We're alive. Right. Yeah. we're alive right now. Yeah. Um, in Okinawa with Josh Simmers. Hey, of the Okinawa Karate Podcast. The only karate podcast coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. Cue you up for that. <laughs> and Tori Dawson. The Invisible Sensei Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Yes. I've had you both on my podcast. And uh, I guess i got to do the call out. Neither of you have had me on your podcast. Well, now we've trained together. Okay. Yeah. Now we've trained yeah. together so we can finally, I guess, have a well, seven-hour always... podcast. And we cut that into about four and a half hour parts. I've always said, I think if we can do a solid 60 minutes... And just bring it in. I think the magic that we're going to create is going to break the internet. The, 100%. You know, the, the world, you know, the karate podcasting world. And the moment you said that, Josh went over to turn on the fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I'm, for, it's about my comfort. Yeah. Okay, no, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, well, you usually have to sit here and, you know, like, I have this big fetish thing that I wave at him. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the loin cloth? Wait, did you? Wow. Oh, you do have AC in here. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we're, I'm here in Tuari Sensei's apartment. Tuari, uh, you're here in Okinawa for a kind of a short culture exchange stay type yeah. deal. Um, Josh, you obviously live here. Yeah. And I'm here for barely five days. Yeah. But so, you live in Japan. Yes, I do. Mm. But we're just here, and we had a great day yesterday when we went out. Essentially, like, with the boys, with the lads, I guess they would the say. The lads is the lads. We went to the best cafe near near a beach that everybody loved and enjoyed. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Good time. Good time. Yeah. And by we, we should say, uh, who did we have? We had Ulf Carlson Sensei with us. And uh, one of his counterparts from Sweden, Leif, who I don't know Leif's last name. Mm. First time I met him. Love uh, on Okinawa. Great in the handshake. And speaking of first time, this first time... You, all, you two have met. And yeah. all three of us have been in the yeah, same room. Yeah, and it's the yeah. first time that I've met Tori as well when he got here earlier this month. Yeah. So Yeah. And to see footage of that, check out the Okinawa Karate podcast. <laughs> I don't think I put that up. <laughs> Damn you. We have footage? I have a video <laughs> of when he was walking out of security as the last person off the plane. Uh, I was one of the first off the plane. Okay, one of the first off the plane, but the last, last out of security. security. And uh, I recorded it when he was walking out. He didn't know I was recording and walking up to him and said, hey, gave him a hug, you know. And so, yeah. But I, it's kind I of... I think it was just a lot of kissing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of kissing. Did, and sort you, of 
tears. There's a budding love affair going on between these <laughs> two. Nothing budding, it's in full bloom, man. Yeah, it's full blown. All right, all right. I, both lives are, are in the My know. wife and your wife's uh, chagrin. Uh, okay, well, you know, it's, you know even under protest. Karate brought us together. Yes, it did. It did. Yeah. Is this, so, can we call this a thruple now? Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. No, but, so. but actually, we'd have to call it a. What would we call it? Because the other part of our our well, our regular a regular you're standing in for uh, you're standing in for Michael, Michael. yeah <laughs> for Michael I'm, Hagen. I'm Michael standing Hagen. in for my, I'm yeah. the stand in yeah. yeah in the middle all right hey this yeah. is how it happens when Michael Hagen's not here <laughs> yeah you know hey but you've been that, replaced just, Michael just so you know which just so you you know Michael I'm training with Jonathan but I'm thinking about you <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's been it's been really it's been really brilliant. Um, I, I just kind of want to do a couple of shout outs if I can. Um, one is to James Pankovich Sensei, who so kindly um, um, has done so much of the arranging for me getting here. Has been an incredible host and intro, in, introduced me to some amazing Sensei and just some of the culture and some of the sights of uh, of Okinawa. Uh, yeah, I'm just so so grateful I'm um, also you know Josh and and his lovely wife wife <laughs> mommy who have um who've really taken time to kind of give me a a more fulsome look at okay now we went up to Hamahiga and there's some uh couple up there Josh and I on the beach and and just getting to train with amazing people but also more importantly you know something kind of strikes me and I, I'd be interested to see what you guys think about this when people come to Okinawa, speaking for myself, it was my first day at the Peace Memorial further up on the island. And it was such a powerful it's reminder. It's actually on the south. Oh, sorry, pardon me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. That's how lost I am. Yeah, it's how lost this Southern yeah. Hemisphere guy is. He's <laughs> he kept saying he was going, down, down, he was down, going down to Tokyo. Yeah. Tokyo's north of, yeah. of Okinawa, but... But but yeah. but to me, Okinawa feels a lot further, a lot higher than so many, than so many <laughs> youth. But um, you know, going to the um, Peace Museum and just being able to walk through and sort of get a sense of the the, the more recent history of Okinawa, and, and a lot of times when you read stuff about karate, um, the war tends to be kind of a footnote mm, in the yeah. sense that people will talk about oh, you know, the eighteen sixties and uh, yeah, you know, they'll talk about history up to that point they'll go and then there was the war and then they'll jump to post-war yeah and the thing that sort of struck me was that you know the war is never very far away for the Okinawan people I mean I can certainly especially a lot of the senior karate sense that many of whom were either children at the time or born you know right after so they're growing up in a post-war um, Okinawa and I think that <clears throat> the thing that struck me about going there was that Although karate was well, apparently was practiced uh, during the war, I can certainly see why people had other priorities after it, uh, because the place was absolutely total dumb. You know, Josh, you took me to that first museum that we went to. I'm sorry, where was that? The one we went and had a had a walk around and. Uh, this was up in uh, the town of Kadena. Right outside of Kadena Air Base on what we call Gate 2. We generically call it Gate 2 Street. It's got a formal name, but it leads into Gate 2, number 2 of Kadena Air Base. Mm. And there's a, a free museum, very small, 
but it's called High Street. Uh, that maybe that's the name of the street, High Street yeah. H I. I'm not sure, but it's the High Street Museum, and it's um, loaded with photographs, mostly post-war. Yeah. There was some pre-war stuff in yeah. there, but it was mostly post-war photographs. Mm. And for those that have come up here, uh, that have have ventured out to try to find this other place called Ipondo, who's who's not really I don't consider a competitor to Sheredo, but sometimes people are looking for another gi. Mm place to buy here in Okinawa. It's on the same street as Ipondo, across the street from Ipondo, but it's up in, in Kadena, um, probably an hour drive north of Naha, mm. um, which uh, Peace Prayer Park, where Tordi was talking about, is probably an hour south of Naha. Yeah. Eh, maybe not quite an hour. South, right. So I mean, uh, I, I'm really am messed up on my doings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when, when you took me through and there was... Uh, there was um, you know, some depictions of, you know, some photos, historical photos of, especially of Okinawan you know, people who had signs around their neck that were being um, reprimanded, victimized, chastised, chastised and, and, and for speaking their native language. That kind of resonated with me because I know we had that, we had something very similar in New Zealand and within the Maori culture. culture. Yeah. So, uh, it, it just was just as, as really powerful. I think that my visit here has been one of I've just been really grateful um, I've seen a lot of things that kind of I guess make for me karate a, a more meaningful thing and make me more grateful for the opportunity to practice it um, and, and at the same time I th- it made me reflect that perhaps sometimes it's easier to go to another country and like I've got friends of mine that went to Vietnam and I said to them what did you think of Vietnam? And they said, oh, it was wonderful. The hotel staff were just so polite. You know, so it's this idea that you go to a place and you come to Okinawa and you go and train with all these amazing sensei and go to these, you go to Shuri Castle and go to the, to the various memorials. But how often do we kind of bypass the actual culture of Okinawa? Uh, I, I think, you know, that's, I'm sure there are so many people who, who don't look at it that way. But I think when you're, especially with the pandemic, you've been away from Okinawa and from your senior sensei for a number of years, you know, coming back to your island, you want to get in as much as you possibly can, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would encourage, if you're coming to Okinawa, take time to go up to the uh, Peace Memorial and just actually spend some time there and, and just just take it in and just sort of go out to the cliffs and look at the eternal flame and just sort of spend some time there. And, and I just think there's something that there's some things that can be felt but not articulated and for me that was that was a really important um that was a really important moment and i know james josh uh, james and josh had been really encouraging me to go and i was lucky that our friend steve uh, took me up there and it was just really powerful i I came away you know really affected by it but and i think in a positive way so that's a lot of blabbing for me guys no it's good i mean I mean, as someone who's lived not in Okinawa, but lived adjacent to Okinawa, um, and then coming here, and sorry, I didn't want to step on anything you were saying. You um, didn't. No. <laughs> so I always have to be deferential. Yeah. I need to be deferential to the yeah. seniors. It's... He's called you old. Could you could you pension? He called you old. <laughs> you know, he's... Yeah, yeah. We can both say it. We can both say he's old. Sorry, Bo. Keep going. You know, I've participated in protests here. I've participated in a lot of 
different stuff here that wasn't karate related. Um, it's just when people come here and only kind of view it as karate, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you, Twati, you might understand this from like you know, mod, you know, people go to to New Zealand they go to and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, I saw, I, I did the whole experience <laughs> yeah. stuff. Dinner right? shows, dinner shows, right? Yeah, and 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 I think that's you know, there's a part of that that's good, mm. but then they don't really understand the day to day life. Mm. of people and maybe they only see Naha and they don't see some of the more rural places and they don't really get a feeling of like what people don't understand is Okinawa and uh, the associated islands around here are actually in the kind of the lowest economic bracket in Japan Mm. there's a number of reasons for that but if if people don't you know they don't take in those they don't have that day-to-day living like living uh, life experiences and josh now you actually you live in okinawa mm-hmm. you're not a base guy i know at one point you were mm-hmm. but you can, definitely can kind of see that those differences there mm-hmm. between yeah and that now you have more interaction with people that aren't just americans they're, that they're japanese and they're okinawan and they you know they it's just, it's not everybody is always doing karate all the time everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say that too, man, because I think, you know, Josh, you've got, you're going to have an interesting experience because originally coming here as, uh, within the military and working in the military and then coming back, you know, um, and raising a family and so on. What is amazing to me is a number of stereotypes that kind of occurred to me that I think I grew up with. Like I expected, I think when I was younger, I would have expected to walk around and just people are walking around in karate and doggy. Yeah. Uh, that you walk past or, the, the washing line. All the women in the kimono. Or, yeah. And yeah, yeah past the washing everyone's line. got the big hats. The, yeah. We walk past the washing line and there's just gi everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, the, you know, it's just so kind of ridiculous. Um, there's got Mr. Miyagi's going to be walking around Daniel-san and all that sort of really, really trite, terrible, stereotypical stuff. But what I've, I mean, I think for me, one of the things that I really enjoyed about Hamahiga was just seeing people, you know, going out and, and fishing and the boats going out and just people, just not, people wanting to get on with their lives, work hard, provide for their families, live a def- decent quality of life. Um, and they're probably not thinking about kata and they're right. probably not thinking about kicking each other in the balls or, you know, what kind right. of kawura weapon, you know, like it's, it's not that it's not important. But it just changes the context for me in the sense that in a weird kind of a way we're very lucky to be able to st- do what we do and have the you know the opportunity to just do karate i'm sort of reminded when I mean, people talk about miyagi sensei and um you know children miyagi um and for me as a gorgeous practitioner he's you know it's a, the, the one um, but they also talked about the fact that he was independently wealthy, so he had the means to be able to pursue karate. Yeah, that's, that's and, what a lot of people yeah. don't don't get is that karate was done by who? Mm. The upper class. Yeah. But what the upper class have? Money. Money. Yeah. The and, and the whole myth of peasants doing karate and all this stuff. Some of that's kind of true, and it was brought out because hey, wartime, we got to get people in shape to go invade mainland China. Mm. We're gonna conscript you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. it sorry, I, I don't want to. Step no, no, please, part. please, please. For me, it's always it is just this tight rope. I feel I need to walk 
I come here as an American, as somebody who lives here in Japan but not in Okinawa, um, as somebody who's done karate for a long time, you know, you don't want to, you want to be humble, you don't want to brag, you don't want to not tell people what you do, you want to connect with people, and just that balancing act is, is yeah. for me, has always been, has always been tough. Mm. And I, I don't just don't have the luxury of living here, so building those relationships is just, it's very much hit the ground go. Mm, yeah. And I had a, some of that myself, but. I, I think some of, the, some, of the, some of the things which have kind of grounded me here was spending time with um, James Sensei and his family, with his lovely wife, his son all, and his beautiful children, his beautiful daughters. Uh, and at a certain point, James and I went down to Tokyo, and the sorry up to Tokyo. <laughs> you guys didn't see it. <laughs> Everyone, well, everyone's yeah, pointing up because be, no. because they're like, we don't want to do this on video. <laughs> me and G, me and Josh at the same time pointing up. up. I went up to Tokyo, and um, you know it was the hustle and the bustle, and you now there were some interesting, cool things that kind of happened up there, and. Um, James was lugging my fat ass around all the train stations trying to get us to different places and provide an incredible experience. I th it just threw into sharp relief the difference between the lifestyle between, I guess, mainland Japan. Well, you know, I don't know if mainland Japan is, can be summarised in just Tokyo, but the hustle and bustle of Tokyo and kind of the more relaxed, kind of less stressful life within Okinawa. I can see why this is a blue zone. And for me, I think that spending time like with, with your daughters, Josh, and with um, your lovely wife, and just listening to stories that have nothing to do with karate, but just talk about life and culture on, on the island and on, in the islands. And also being in Hamahiga and not being there with a whole bunch of people, snapping a whole bunch of photos and being in their gear and doing all that sort of stuff, just, just training on the beach and just, just kind of getting your feet in the sand and on the land for me is really important has been really really important and to be honest you know certain people have said to me oh you should train with that sensei you go and do this and go and do that but I'm actually just really enjoying learning uh, learning as much as you can in a few weeks you know but I, I gotta ask aren't, don't you feel like you're missing something because you haven't been to a tomb yet <laughs> are you trying to kill him <laughs> I love well, <clears throat> do you here, Josh? Maybe you can answer this question. Here, do you guys have you seen? Do you have the tradition where the skulls are put in the tomb in the caves? Put in the in the so, tomb or so, in the cave? So in, in the cave, so in the cave, you go inside a cave and like the wall will be lined with skulls. I've not seen that in Tokunoshima um, and then Amamiyoshima you'll have that as a tradition mm. where it's like there of are, your ancestors? yeah so there is the typical yeah. um, sh like tombs where you know it's just the stone and people write their names on them and stuff but also from older times before Japan kind of yeah the Jap Japanese culture actually took root, root here I'm not sure about Okinawa I think it's probably similar where inside the caves, and because of the war that might have been flushed out completely, I'm not sure, the skulls of people's ancestors would be... It's, it's not everywhere, yeah. and it's, it's, oh. it's a dying thing, but... Well, for, see, for me, I mean, you know, we, we're kind of... 
you know, Josh is asking me that because he knows what my actual feelings on that sort of stuff stuff are. And my feelings. For me, for me, and, and from a, I guess from a cultural perspective, in terms of what my upbringing and what our belief is, in my own culture, in my own country, is that is an extremely personal thing to 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 enter someone else's home, and it's a privilege, and it's even more so a privilege to um, visit anything that sort of a burial grounds and things of that nature. And it's not something to be done lightly, and it's not something to be done without the permission, the acceptance and the presence of the relatives of that particular person. So personally, I, I've not felt comfortable doing that. I, I don't think I would want to. And I think that if I did something like that, I don't think I'd put my gear on and take photos of myself next to it. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, the tomb is essentially an extension of the home mm. in, 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 in Okinawa. Um, like overall, Japan and yeah, and yeah. Extends and to some other parts as well. It's, you know, there's certain times of the year, of course, I think probably very many people that train in Okinawa Karate or maybe even Japanese, they've heard of, I mean, you see it in, in Karate Kid, Obon, right? Where we, in the fall, or the, in the, yeah, the early part of the fall, in the summer, the three days when we recognize the spirits is coming back, we, we welcome them and, you know, send them out, there's food and, and whatnot. So it's a festival, it's, it's a wonderful time of year. But then there's other times of the year where we do tomb cleaning, shimi, mm. and and uh, it, people go visit their own family's tomb. They don't go visit other people's. They go to a monument, mm. for instance. So for Karateka that come here to the Okinawa, there's monuments for specific Goju-do senseis, mm. masters. There's monuments that represent Shurite, Tamarite, Weichi-do. Those are erected. Those are put up for the t- for the to go pay your respect at yeah. the at the at the monument, mm-hmm. you do all the kata you want there. You can take all the pictures you want there, but the tombs need to kind of be left to the family, right? Mm-hmm. And a very good friend of ours here on Okinawa, um, who you've met, I'm just going to say his name, Dan. I'm not going to say his last name, but he is. It's just 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 for legal purposes, and, and you know. Well, it's it for him. It's well, I don't know about legal purposes. Mm-hmm. It's just a respect thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, our friend Dan uh, is is providing tours now, and in the beginning, I think he was calling them karate tours, but now he's changed it to more of a historical tour because mm. what he'll do is he'll take people all over the island. You can choose where you want to go: southern part, central part, northern part. And one of the things that he's taken off his list is he won't take people to tombs. Mm. And he was told directly by his sensei, "Do not take." people to tombs anymore that is not respectful it's mm-hmm. disrespectful mm-hmm. we have monuments for that that's where you take them mm-hmm. so i'm very happy to hear that his sensei said that and i think more people need to do that uh the kaikon the, or the okinawa karate information center put out a piece probably four years ago or something like that kind of not telling people don't go but telling mm-hmm. them how to respect it when you do go mm-hmm. the first time i visited tombs here besides with my family was actually with okama sensei and he kind of went through this this situation, or not the situation, but he went through this demonstration of showing me if you if you go to someone's tomb, this is what you do. You know, you're walking past other people's tombs to get to the one that you want to go to. You're walking past their home. You're walking. It's and there's a there's a way you go about being respectful. But looking back on it now, um, th- there wasn't as many monuments then. This was back in 2013 when I went on a tour with him, an actual karate history tour. Okay. Um, now there's more monuments that have been put up. I think specifically for this reason. 
And that's and a that's a that's, a that's a really good idea. Because yeah, yeah. It, and it, the, it, the only one that's not really accessible is probably for Kanbunuechi. That's way north. It's yeah. an absolutely gorgeous drive. I highly recommend everybody yeah. go there. But you're not taking a bus or ta taxi or the monorail. But the other ones in, in Naha, you can get to. They're all within walking distance of, uh, let's say, Kokusaidori, where most people hang out. It's it's for, for me, it just seems, isn't it interesting? Because that's sort of sort of an indication of the level of care that the Okinawan people actually have for people coming here to do karate. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could sort of say, you could be cynical and say, I like, you know, like, of course they put to stop people going to graves, which is probably a part of it as well, but uh, just the idea that rather than kind of say, don't go there, they would provide an alternative space where people are going to pay their respects, which is really important. Um, we do that in the United States of America, probably other countries. Mm. Yes, we also have tombs that people might go visit for George Washington, but we have plenty of monuments. Yeah. Or whoever your hero is, there's probably a monument for them. Mm. We do that for groups of people, right? I mean, if I went to America, there's, there's certainly, you know, like I'd like to go to Graceland and places like that, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I know my daughter would love to go to Graceland and things like that, you know, like probably no, for, for, for I've never been probably for you guys, no it's kind of, kind it's of kind of passe and yeah. kind of stereotypical, but for people in the rest of the world, especially Elvis amongst Polynesian people in the South Pacific was huge. Yeah. And, yeah. and with the recent movie too, a lot my... My daughter, uh, my daughter, honey, she absolutely worships Elvis. Really? And her okay. grandfather was an Elvis fan. So, okay. you know, there, so there were things that I'd love to, like I'd love to go to Rushmore and things like that. These yeah. things that just don't exist in my country. I mean, the things that we kind of grow up seeing in cartoons and movies and all these sorts of things. So for me, I, it, it, if you're from America, it goes kind of cheesy. But if you're not, just the notion that those things are yeah. out there is really interesting to me. Like I, I... Um, like I remember flying first time I flew over the Rocky Mountains um, it was just the most and the Grand Canyon was just the most spectacular thing I'd ever seen I really made a it was really was something really special uh, and I think um, you know America to me is such a land of geographical contrasts I mean it's just it's just an amazing place and I guess like the same way I feel about Okinawa in the sense that from a cultural perspective, maybe not from a geographical perspective, there is so there is such a rich history, and I've really been enjoying viewing karate a little more through that through that context, and 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 enjoyed the idea that yeah, it's made me appreciate my own culture a lot too, mm -hmm. and my own language and my own culture, and and, and the fact that I'm here to present elements of my culture is, is very meaningful. But I think you know having the opportunity to meet with you and Jonathan and do this podcast is, is, is hugely, hugely um, important and just bloody fun, to be honest with you. So I'm, it's just been a really amazing experience. Didn't even pay him to say that. <laughs> you think I got money? Um, I'm the least popular podcast from among all three of us. But no, I want to. Well, 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 I want to shout out. Not, not that it's a competition. Do you think but who make, you do? He thinks we make money oh, on ours? Sweet, sweet oh, podcast. Well, money. there was that thirty, that thirty percent that went down to fifteen percent. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, Josh, I wanted to shout you out because last year, it's weird to think this was last year because it, it feels like it was like not like three months ago. Well, last time I was down here, I kind of got dragged into some things. Like some not dragged into some things. It was a little aimless in terms of what I was doing. I uh, did some things that were all right, but I got to meet up with Josh, and Josh was like, 
you know, there's a karate mo- monument right up the street from you, right? I'm like, what? So I kind of been like blind, like had a blind side. And I looked over, I'm like, oh my god! And there was like, what is it? That was the Motobu monument? Not the Motobu, that was the Miyagi monument? It was that what, right across the street from you, the Chinese you? Garden. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's one of the examples. For example, right across the street from the Chinese Garden here, um, between Tamari Port and let's say Naha, is uh, a monument to Miyagi, and then also a monument to Yagi uh, Meitoku. Yeah. Um, so it has the babushi kind of uh, looking on, on Miyagi's. It does. Yeah, yeah. And, bit, and, it's, and it's and it's 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 a good monument. Yep. But it's just the, all the writing is on the yep. back of it. It's hard. It's hard and to kind of get around. That and see park. It. The, it's, a, it's a really nice little park. And then there's a a, a stone ship. I'm gonna say 25, 20 feet long by I don't know ten feet wide or something. Right. Mm-hmm. To and 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 on each side of the ship is a carving of eighteen names. So those are the original thirty six names. They say or thirty six families that came from China. That was the Chinese village area right there in, in, in Kume Village. And if you watch like Karate Kid Part Two, yeah. when they get off the so-called plane in Naha, which yeah. they weren't, Hawaii. they were in Hawaii, <laughs> and they, they want to get to Kume Village, yeah. right? So if you can follow that going back through history, that that was and that that was kind of like a moat, I think. Uh, it's all landlocked yeah, now, right? Know, but, but there was supposedly, I think there was water that came all the way around there. But it's not that far. It's it's a it's a spitting distance away. When I used to live in the in uh, Yunnan in Tokonoshima. You are a spitting distance away because I know you haven't done this boat ride, and you haven't done this boat ride. But you, there's a boat that will go from Okinawa all the way up to the mainland, and you will be on that boat for about thirty six hours. But it'll stop on all the islands, yeah. right? Up, and but you are getting outside of Okinawa Prefecture. You're getting Kagoshima Prefecture, but in all those islands, you would you, Tori, if you went there, or Josh, if you went there, you'd be like. That's Okinawan culture. That's Okinawan culture. That looks like Okinawan culture. That's a little mm. different, but like there's little differences, but it's that's Ryukyu, mm-hmm. right? And it very much is divorced mm-hmm. from the Chinese influence, from the American influence, and it, it is almost like imagine if you had a, an island that didn't have those two influences, mm-hmm. and you essentially have then like that's what Okinawa would look like. Yeah. Just in a, with a smaller geographical area. Mm-hmm. Now these these things that we're talking about, they aren't always necessarily easy for everyone to do when they come here. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, no, that, that what I just talked about is like you're talking about three day, four day, yeah. one week. I mean, even day. where we went yesterday, it was a forty minute drive outside of Naha, yeah. right? I mean, that's in like we're, Carlson. We were talking. He's like, yeah, we all come to Naha to train because that's where our, most of the senseis are, right? Mm-hmm. Airport um, is. You land, and then, yeah, they've got the, the most convenient public transportation areas, but it's also the most boring part of Okinawa, <laughs> and perhaps the ugliest part. You're looking at concrete. Where we got outside yesterday, getting closer to the water, a little bit of the countryside, still mm-hmm. the farmlands, it was much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I understand not everybody can do that. We do encourage you to get outside if you can, outside of Naha. Um, you might not do it your first time, but I think it's worth taking the time to try to set it up and and even speak to one of the tourist agencies and and take a day or two to to travel the island you know it's uh, in uh, just another shout out as to my wife tower i met her yesterday you know, she's, you met, yeah, and, and josh has had some some convoys with her over, over the last uh, few years um you know 
being here for a month is a long time to be away from your yeah. family, a long time to be um, away from the job. And I, whilst I've been here, I've been working um, while I've been here, but certainly not to the degree I work in New Zealand. And, you know, she's holding it down back in NZ, um, you know, taking care of the day-to-day and looking after the house and the kids and all that sort of stuff. And But I'm so lucky to have it a, a month because I don't know that, I think having like a week or or, or seven days or, or 10 days or whatever it is, I don't know that I would have had the opportunity to get a, a, a sense. I mean, I'm not walking away thinking, oh my gosh, I'm an expert in Okinawa culture and history, but I just feel really lucky to have had some great experiences and had some time to be able to do that. Um, it's been pretty busy, but also too, there's been through really wonderful times of just quiet and sort of being able to just sort of sit and, and take it in, which I'm really appreciative of. I think that... Um, if you've not been to Okinawa and you do karate, I think it's important, not necessary, but I think it's important to come here and see where it all started. Now you can make the you make the argument there are better people doing karate outside of Okinawa that have never been to Okinawa or even Japan, and that's and that's and that's probably a valid a valid valid point if you're looking purely at your your effectiveness, if you're looking purely at being a fighting machine and all those sorts of things and having the latest tactical techniques and so on and so forth. I think for me, um, doing Kobodo especially, um, it's really, it really is about preservation in a sense. And, and I think that, you know, we ask, we talk about where do we acknowledge the culture? And I think whenever I do kata, whenever I do or if I do Shisoshin or whichever kata I'm doing in, in, in my Gorgeru syllabus, that I'm actually going to be thinking about um, the peace memorial, the beaches, the hills, the people, the fishing boats, Hamahiga, uh, being here in Naha, um, the wonderful people that I've met. So it's going to have, it's going to have, for me, a lot more meaning, a meaning that I I don't think I had before coming to here, uh, coming to Okinawa, um, and I'm I'm actually always going to be forever grateful for the opportunity to be here, and forever grateful to my wife for creating the opportunity um, in the space for me to actually be here. Um, I, and I think that you know, especially with people doing styles of karate where they're kind of creating their own systems and so on and so forth. You know, I, I get a sense that karate was really about kata. You'd go and see a certain sensei for a particular kata and they would refer you to someone else. So if you want to do bo, go and see this sensei. And they there's a lot of kind of collaboration that went on. I'm not saying go off and create your own style, but I'm, I think one thing I'm learning from training with all sensei is don't be frightened to go a little deeper. Yeah, and what I'm learning from the country is no, don't be frightened to look a little further. Have your vision a little bit wider than just purely technique. Have a think about where this wonderful art that we get to practice um, comes from, and have some responsibility for that. You know, take some responsibility. I see people always putting things up like Okinawa and trained, trained in Okinawa, and there's the, the you know the, the people standing with callous fists and they're sort of like you know. It, I think it's quite possible to be Okinawan trained and to be completely inauthentic. 
and full of shit, to be honest. I think just like one thing I've learned, I'm learning here is that Okinawa is no different to anywhere else in the world. There are people, there are masters walking here. Mm-hmm. There are masters of the art and of the culture and, and the way of life here. But also, you know, there's some people who will flip you a grade for 20 bucks. Yeah, a lot more than you that. Know, a lot more than yeah. that, but you, you, you take my point. Right. But I mean, that's the same in anywhere in the West as well. Yeah. You know, we, we all know those people. But I, I think for me... Like Dubai? Yeah. Uh, Dubai, in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. It's west from here. Yeah, <laughs> well, my up and my downs. Um, I mean, North Korea is in the west. I mean, it's yeah. northwest. I want to tag on what you what you just said, though. I, I don't want to. I want to lose that no, momentum. Go for it, go for it. No, because you're absolutely right. Because it brings that you're you're talking about this. Is karate a cultural asset of Okinawa? Is it a cultural thing like dance, like Asa, like um, the drum dance? Like Sanshin, is it like the Shisa dance? Is it like uh, everything else cultural to Okinawa? Or is it a martial art that is for fighting and for survival, like, uh, you know, Krav Maga or like whatever John Wick does? I, th- yeah, I think the thing that the problem is that sometimes people think that's the only asset of Okinawa. Right. When Okinawa has an incredible history in arts. Um, you know, like um, just walking around here and meeting some people, you know, it's, it's leading the way in terms of sciences. You know, it's got some of the greatest minds, the academic and the scientific minds in the world, you know, based here. I, I think that, especially, and, I, and I'm guilty of this myself, I'm guilty of thinking that karate is the end all and be all, but it is actually a, a grain of sand on a much larger beach in terms of the culture and what it has to offer and the values and the, I mean, you know, we, we come here and, well, no, I'm not going to talk for we because it's just me. I come here and I'm thinking about what I can take, but not what I can leave, not what I can give, and not the example that I go back for. I saw, I was at a lovely dinner the other night that James said so was kind enough to take me. There's some really nice Australian people there, and of course Australians and New Zealanders always have a kind of friendly, a friendly banter. And, you know, people were really, t- the Australian people were really touched by some of them who have been in Okinawa for the first time were just blown away by the hospitality and the spirit of the Okinawa people they were training with and, and meeting. And I think that that's not something to leave in Okinawa, that's something to learn from Okinawa, you know? How do we treat each other? You know, when we go home back to our own communities, you know, do we take the spirit that we love so much here and do we try to incorporate it into the way that we... When people come into the dojo, when I've been to every dojo that I've been to here, people come up and, and say hello and be very, very welcoming and polite and, and, and well, I've been to Dojo in New Zealand and Australia where they, where they will not deign to speak to you. You just find a chair and kind of sit you know, somewhere quiet and they, no one will come up and introduce themselves. No one will see to you. No one will come and see, you know, oh, hi, how are you going? And you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, where the exact opposite has been true here in Okinawa. So for me, the karate is an aspect but the hospitality and the care of other people is an is the intangible asset that I, I would like I would like to see. I'd certainly like to take away from here. Um, so if you could, uh, so like what you were talking about there with the cultural aspect, though, as Jonathan was asking, um, it, it, it'd be one way if you could uh, recognize the cultural aspect of the Okinawan people, the Ryukyu spirit. I think. Yeah. Not, you know, equivalent to the Sanshin, equivalent to uh, Shruti Castle. But one thing about when you were just asking 
or just openly talking about the, the culture of Okinawa karate. Yeah. You know, the the government's trying to have it recognized by UNESCO. Yeah, it's it's the intangible. It's supposed to be the intangible, like world uh, world heritage. Yeah. Which is which is how do you protect something that's intangible? Yeah. And this, I've had these conversations with you, and I've had these conversations with you. I think it always comes down to karate there's karate isn't over like is not that statue it's not this table it's not a thing you can really protect it is something you have to to a degree embody and carry and carry with you and then that's why the teaching aspect of it right yeah and i I don't know nearly enough about what's going on with unesco and and what all the behind the scenes work is to have karate recognized as this intangible cultural asset or whatever but the way i look at it is if you have something like um, the Samisen, the three-string guitar here in Okinawa, they have three-string guitars up in mainland Japan. Yeah. They have them in other parts of the world. What makes this one unique? It has something to do with the measurements, the sound, the way it's built and everything, okay? Uh, certain things about uh, the castle, the Shuri Castle, is uh, unique to Okinawa. There, there's different castles in mainland Japan, there's different castles in China, but it has bits and pieces from, from, from those cultures. So you can clearly look at something and say, it is unique in this way. Mm. In Okinawa Karate, I'm not so sure. I, my fear is when you try to put it into this UNESCO box, this is my, my terminology here that I see it as a box, mm. I think it's going to lose the uniqueness because then you're not going to have um, the, the flexibility to continue to, to change that over the years. It, and we know that it's changed over hundreds of years, but I think if you if you confine it to something within UNESCO, you you've locked it. Now you have locked it in time. It has to stay inside this box. So are you saying that with with it having, in terms of being something that qualifies for UNESCO, it has to hit certain uh, criteria and then has to keep that criteria. I think that's what the government is trying to do: is trying to write the criteria. Right. Yeah. and say this is why Okinawa Karate is a different type of martial art than anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. but once you once you say that mm-hmm. then does does the next generation or two generations from now have to continue to do Okinawa Karate exactly like that mm-hmm. we've all been training well you trained with Olaf Carlson for the first time yesterday right I met him in 2018 I believe there was a few somewhere on your podcast a few somewhere it was sort of I think it was 2018 when I yeah when I interviewed him I just um, and we, we were training for hours and hours and hours, right? Now, his, his approach comes from his senseis, right? And he trains at the Bugei Khan. Mm. Their kata looks different, yeah? They're mm. naihanchi mm. from a lot of the other naihanchis, and maybe their applications are different. This is just one example, but let's take Goju-do. Um, who, who's, the, who's the one sensei there in Goju-do? Taira, uh, Taira Masaji. Masaji. So Taira Sensei is kind of looked at as um, uh, a trailblazer, let's say, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't know the history, and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really care about he was in Junokan, maybe he still is, he's not. Yeah. I, that part I don't care about. But what is interesting is he's not confined to a freaking box. Yeah. So if you if you put something as a an intangible cultural asset or however they want to word it, my fear is now, okay, on this date, when it receives that certificate, this is what it is. Mm. And I, I, after living here now since, since 2015, when I moved back and seeing what's been taking place with the world tournament, and you know, every year we have Karate no Hi, 
and then thousands of people line up on Kokusai Dori and they all do the same kata. You know, one of the Fuki kata is the first time and I see it becoming more and more confined. Mm. And that, that really bothers me. Mm. I think the issue is, as someone who's seen the... I've lived in... As someone who saw a place that was attempting to become a UNESCO place for years and years and years and years and years, someone who lives in a place that is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, you are absolutely right in saying there needs to be there's like it's a preservation thing Mm. and how you do you're absolutely right in saying it's like who's in the picture yeah whose version of this and and that's the thing is like so and then does this qualify as karate and then anything out side i mean we're a lot of people talking about something we're not entirely sure about but like is there any like everything else is kind of outside of that yeah and i think the karate I hate to say it, like, I think the answer is, like, everyone's going to be like, okay, they did that. All right, the next thing. Like, I think people are just going to kind of roll with it and be like, because it, obviously that's a, uh, they want it recognized by UNESCO, but f- why? Right, I mean, they, they, there's maybe the money <laughs> aspect. In- tourism dollars, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I they, can, they can probably get in the books, is that? Get in the, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, well, I think something perhaps to consider is that when you've been through the kind of Holocaust that Japan and Okinawa have been through. Very specifically. You know, um, that preservation has to be first and foremost. Uh, if your language and culture, I mean, we can sort of go back and forth on the f- various kind of historical factors that have contributed to Okinawan culture and suppressed Okinawan culture and, you know, the, the, the suppression, you know, aspect from mainland Japan and where people sit and organisations sit and governments sit but I think for me I may not agree but I can kind of understand I, I, I understand in the sense that coming from, from a culture in which there was a concerted effort to get rid of the language the culture the our traditions um, and, and I'm wearing my traditions on my face um, I can understand the need to to establish some kind of uh, base of this is who we are, this is who we've been. And I think perhaps it's a lot more pronounced when there's been the kind of holocaust that have gone on in the mainland. And also, that, I mean, for want of a better word, you know, um, the holocaust that's happened here on Okinawa in the, in the last 100 years. And for me, it is... We can't, we can't discount, we just yeah. can't, can't discount the further colonization mm. of the bases yeah. and the issues that have cut that have that have I know yeah. I don't want, I want to be sensitive to yeah. your background. I don't be sensitive to me. Hate to people people sensitive. But, but I, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. But and also so there's all those contributing factors. But for me, like in talking to Mummy, talking to um, Josh's lovely wife, you know, just in the conversation that the three of us had, just a, uh, just the idea of certain principles and certain values that I think the world needs right now. Um, and karate might be a microcosm of some of those things, but I think it's a step towards trying to preserve something which has been in danger of disappearing. And um, we live in a world of which being being um, there's a big difference between being separate and being distinct. Hmm. And you know, if you do something that is deemed different, is deemed to be some, some something. Um, that is basically shitting on what the norm is considered to be but 
for me with Oka, with Okinawa, my, my impression is they're not trying to become anything other than themselves. I think anything that helps them gain a base and allows them to be able to preserve what was at one point, try, you know, um, there was a concerted effort to destroy it and take it away and change it and mould it into something else, I think is, is, is a positive step. I mean, for me as a karate practitioner, of course you want to see karate become part of UNESCO, but I, I think also that um, while I, whilst I have an opinion, my role would be, if, you know, because I'm massively consulted on all things Okinawan by the government, you know, you got, we all know that. But I mean, the thing is, is like, if I'm if I'm a respectful guest, then I will support whatever decisions they make for themselves and support the fact that they can make decisions. Of course, I'm going to have opinions about it, but I mean, I'm speaking from the perspective of being someone who grew up on the other side of the world and is from a completely different culture. Um, so I think there's, I think there's arguments for and against. I also think that karate is something which is ripe, and people for a long time have kind of used it for their own ends. They've used it to sort of create this sense of importance about themselves and those sorts of things. I I, I don't think, and certainly not in every instance, but I think that's... Are you talking about on Okinawa or off Okinawa or both? I think both. Everywhere? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, it goes down even like the guys from who were stationed here, they go back to America, they open a dojo, mm. right? Like, and yeah. that's, you're absolutely right that every sense of it, mm. that, that, and I don't, that's not, not a bad thing mm. necessarily because if, again, it's intangible, mm. What are you? It, it really depends on what whoever is doing anything with it. Yeah, and, and, and I'm saying this as someone of a, of, a, of a fairly junior grade, who I'm not a part of any uh, Linmei or Duha uh, anymore. I'm, I, you know, so I've, I've got a certain level of maybe ignorance on my on my side. <laughs> Certainly, a certain level of I don't want to say freedom is not the right word, but I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's one thing for me to sort of sit on the outside and throw stones. I think it's a very easy thing to do for me. Um, but, you know, you've both been here and been part of, you know, really established styles and and had really, you know, established sensei and things like that. So when it comes to UNESCO, I mean, you know, James said it all a long time ago. You know, I was watching a YouTube video back in the day and he talked about you know what you've got to remember about coming to Okinawa and going to the people's dojo and I certainly you know, felt so honoured that um, when James was kind enough to take me to Arakaki Sensei so he could see how unfit and how uncoordinated I was Arakaki Sensei by the way was very kind about it um, we went to a beautiful dojo in his home you know like mm -hmm. you're, going, you're literally going to someone's home um, so it is about preservation of culture and it's a, it's a better lineage I can understand it you know we're all kind of you know in, the, in other countries like oh you know we want to what is the application of this what is the application of this how do we make this combat ready how do we do this how do we do that you know and I think you know we can figure that out but I think here what I'm realising is the the strong uh, etiquette and culture that surrounds karate so a lot of it unspoken, a lot of it presumed because it's informed by the culture and how much shit we get wrong. I know I've gotten wrong. I've made certain assumptions about certain things that were totally wrong, but probably because I watched too many movies, man. 
you know. I probably go and watch too much movies and I kind of thought, or I've talked to someone who talked to someone who talked to someone who was taught by someone who was taught by someone who talked to someone who was someone who spent a week on Okinawa back and in the day. Didn't you know? understand the language. Yeah. To, like, didn't, didn't get the culture. Yeah. And, and, and then just kind of come in and then sort of <laughs> went back to the dojo and just created this really weird kind of thing mm-hmm. which didn't actually make much practical sense. Yeah, you know, like, like it's, it, it, you can get the culture wrong, but come on, get the practicality right. I mean, that's that that I think that part I feel is like a little less excusable now. Yeah. I don't. Oh, I think the cultural part is too because we have the ability to view more things now because of you know God created the internet and into Al Gore or so Al Gore asked God to create the internet in 1999, and therefore we can we can view the culture a little more now. Right and or getting more access to. It. I mean, literally, the fact that all three of us are in the room are a result of. And we knew each other before getting here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's so weird that I met Josh's current teacher before him. You didn't meet him before me. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you did not. When did, when did you meet him? When I was in America. Oh, he came to America. Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I met him, but before Whoa. he came, moved back to it Okinawa. Got, hey guys, you can, you can, but it got awkward fast in here. <laughs> is, that, is this a drop the, in the edit? The Gorjuru guy. No, 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 no. Is We're keeping it in. Keep it in. I'll do it live. <laughs> All right. So now we are officially calling. I'll do it live. We're calling. We're calling Twari the Bill O'Reilly of Karate Podcast. <laughs> that was that is fully. I've got to give credit for credit to. That is completely <laughs> that was cut Josh Summers' joke. We're doing live. No, it was Michael. I is think that Michael? said it. Yeah, it? Michael, I mean, we were talking about Michael Hogan. We were joking. It was a take on Bill O'Reilly, but yeah. something about and we were talking about something. And then Michael just drops. Or maybe chair. I can't remember if it was me or Michael. We'll do it oh, live. So like, Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> well, anyway, so so Josh and Josh and I had met the same man at different points in time. Um, and I didn't know where I was going with that, but uh, you know, we connected before I came back to Japan. He was like, yeah. "Hey, we we had like maybe talked once or twice, and then you were like, hey, there's this new podcast.' And then he was like, "Thanks for shouting us out. I'm coming back. I'm gonna be around ah, you that's guys, right? right? Yes. And then that was 2019, and then it was like, "Hooray, I'll come down and train.' And then 2020 happened. I'm like, "No," and then the rest of life happened. Yeah, that's but right. I'm like, you know, it all comes back around because now I'm farther away, but I've been back more times." Mm. It's so weird. That's and that's the weirdest thing. I'm, my proximity couldn't be farther now, but I've been back more times than in the what the three years I was living closer to you guys. That's mm. that's weird. It's much weirder. Yeah, he's but. returning to the sauce. The secret, to the, sauce. So. the secret sauce. Yeah, it well, I guess spicy meet the bowls. You know, you can bring it, bring it. There's so many ball jokes that have been flying around the last forty-eight hours. What? Fine to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? So many ball jokes, and you know, you've really got to stop saying all that stuff, uh, Jonathan. It's inappropriate. Uh, Look, there are some sticks being waved around yesterday that oh, I had to tell. Hey, hey, that's not a colloquialism either. That's not a metaphor. Literally, Literally. there was bows in it. There was bow, There was bows in a box. And Josh was like, "I've got a bow," and I'm like, "That might not." Okay, well, no, that's all right. I guess. Huh. There's but, probably more context to that story needed. We went. We went out there. That's going to be in the bonus on. episode yeah, for yeah. Patreon. Yeah, check, um, check out check out the um check out, check out the behind the scenes, <laughs> the, the, the karate without belts, 
after dark. So what's <laughs> on the agenda for the rest of the day? I we are gonna go to Kino's dojo, um, or your sensei's dojo on. Uh, yeah. On I guess in eight hours. Something like that. Something like that. But I, I also have to shout out Josh here because I was a little tepid about meeting uh, somebody in our lineage. In our lineage, Josh he kind of gave me a push to do it, and it turned out to be a really good thing. Met with. Uh, Mr. Nakamura, grandson of uh, Shiro Nakamura, and I went from being like, "Who are you?" to being like, "Yoroshiko Nagashimasu." Yeah. And I think that kind of encapsulated, for me at least, on this trip, the uh, kind of warmth of Okinawa, but also like that there is looking towards the future. Yeah. Mm. Even if the UNESCO thing, whatever, there's lots of people who are concerned about the future. Mm. Yep. And are willing to talk to other people. But truly, the highlight was meeting Tori. That's true. Yeah. Well, you gotta say that, right? Yeah. You gotta yeah. say that because I paid you. Yeah. Um, you Not know, a lot. But you paid. You paid him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I took you to the ATM yesterday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he had to get money <laughs> to pay me. I mean, Josh is pretty good about pretending to be my friend. I mean, I, if I if I pay him promptly, he's pretty good about it actually. Um, but. I, <laughs> Yeah, Tori, Tori has a hard time with yen here on Okinawa, so... We, we, oh, yeah, no, I, we, we went through 20, he's like 20 yen, I'm like, nope, you're not going to get that, 100 yeah. yen, I'm like, nope, can't, that's not going to come to the ATM. He hands me 10,000 yen, which is a one, 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 no, one bill, right, of, let's say if it's one to one US dollar to yen, it'd be $100, <laughs> yeah. and he just had a meal for 20 bucks, he's Wait, like, is this did enough? You say, did you say seven? Is this enough to... 1,000 yen? 10,000. Oh, well, 10,000. He, he's like, uh... Is this enough to cover the meal? I was like, yes, yes. Oh, no, it's not. You didn't say. You give, didn't say. Yes, it is. Give me three you more. You said. You said. Just give me four more of these, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get I you. think I did actually. I own. I own. I owe. Uh, all since I, um, two thousand years. And his inflation is crazy. Yeah, I know. You know the way he. You know he will beat me. The end slightly recovered today. Yeah, yeah. So. I get paid in the end, so... I'll hey, uh, can I just relate to you a couple of the weird situations that I've had whilst we're... A couple of things that have kind of happened where I've made complete faux pas. Uh, on the podcast yeah, or off? Yeah, sure. sure. I mean, okay. that, that, that's okay. why you guys are here, because okay. I'm, I'm going to get out of there. Tighten your lug nuts, off we go. All right, <laughs> all right, hold on. Um, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to time you on this. I'm going to time you on this. I'm going to give you two minutes. I'm going to go ding after okay. everyone, okay. okay? Here we go. Okay. Ready? Go. Okay. Please ensure your tray table is in full and upright position. Ding. Okay. Uh, as we begin, so I went to the, the, was to helping James Sensei. <laughs> more, more he was helping me um, teach the kids class, and I'm going. He's going. What what technique should we do? And I go. My giddy, then King giddy. So and everyone in the class stops and looks at me like we're teaching these children King giddy, and I'm going. I had of course forgot that Kin is is actually saying kick someone in the balls which is not probably something you want to be teaching kids so I go okay kids my giddy and king giddy and everyone looks and James goes maybe 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 we'll stick with my giddy I'm going oh, but why and afterwards he explained it to me um, so that, that was a faux pas uh, we're down in Harajuku um, in Tokyo um, we've had a wonderful day we've met um, Pankovic Sensei's lovely daughter and we've met Joe Swift Sensei and we've met some amazing people down um, down in Tokyo. Tucson, yeah, it's been great. Um, I've got to use the bathroom in the train station, or just as we're going to the train station. I go into the bathroom, 
and I'm there and you know you, you, you finish what you're doing I gotta wash my hands and I hear the door behind me and the stall behind me opening and this elderly gentleman comes out and he's kind of coming out and he walks out and <laughs> he looks up at me and goes hey! <laughs> just runs back into the stall no shuts way. the door and starts trying to slam the lock closed and I'm going Got me in the side. No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dang. <laughs> you scared him out. You, yeah. you gave a guy a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, and also, there was the worst. I. This is hard for me to admit, but I. Are you sure you want to admit it on, on, I'm, on not, air? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it because okay, I just it. I just need to unburden myself. Yeah. I put soy sauce on my rice. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> um, and in view of everyone. Um, so basically, I took a big smelly shit on Okinawan culture by doing that and I didn't know that's Josh, like not Josh okay. thought it was hilarious I did didn't not even correct see me, it whatever no I gotta tell this All story right. probably, right, everyone, probably, everyone I, here is probably going check this guy I gotta tell this story so we're in a restaurant uh, and they have a small buffet line for like salad and then your your, your rice right and right. some soup and I didn't even realize it until like two days later my wife says to me did you see what Twardy did with his rice? I'm like, no. She goes, he poured soy sauce on it. She sat on this for two days. <laughs> you sat and slept before she told me about it. I was like, well. I have to, and then I'm wondering how many other people in the restaurant saw it. You two uh, are so not. wholesome. <laughs> well, I mean, the, th- the thing is, is like, I'm six foot four. I've got facial tattoos and the rest of me is covered in tattoos. Are probably not the guy that come up and say to hey, look at that guy. <laughs> but they definitely would have gone home and go, man, those bloody legend coming in here different there. Uh, so I had to tell Pat Sensei about it. Oh. Yeah. Hey, here's, here's an interesting, here's an interesting aside. We're very lucky to go and try, um, um, James took me to go to a lovely barbecue with Higa Sensei who was having for some of his students and I was lucky enough to be involved. And I absolutely love Higa Sensei. Like, um, Higa Sensei gave me a, a wonderful um, sculptor, a, sculpt, a sculpture, sorry, um, that was given to him by a student, a student who had um, um, credits. I think it was a young boy who had credit for me. He just gave it to me. He was just lovely spiritual man. Enjoyed being at his dojo in his house, meeting his students. <laughs> so we're sitting there and we're having this lovely. He's feeding us and he's being a wonderful host and everyone's having a great time. And then he he, he goes. He goes to James, he says to James, he says, as everyone does, uh, James, he's asking some of the Japanese are going on, he asked James how much I weigh. <laughs> and I said to James, I said to James in front of everyone, going very, very red and embarrassed, I told James how much I weigh. And then he goes, since they sat there and spoke with his brother, and they realized that I weigh more than the horse they have downstairs. They have a so, horse. Yeah, they have horses. It's really cool. They have, they have horses in a stall by the dojo. And I'm going, and we're all laughing our ass off because I weigh more than his horse. So, you know, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Unless, of course, that horse yeah, is Twardy. <laughs> so, Twardy, are you trying to tell us you're a Yoshi? Uh, yeah, man. We can yeah. ride you if need be. All right. Hi-ho, <laughs> <laughs> Silver! Hi-ho! Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so we've we, we went from being very very serious about cultural topics to digressing to riding Tory into the sunset. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look, you know, like you're not not gonna ride me. Right, exactly. Me, right? Like, like, what else would we do? Right. Cool. I, I, 
we're gonna have we've had a great time the last couple of days we're gonna kind of wrap yeah. it up tonight but i want to pass the ball to josh really quick and just say thank you so much for taking the time off thank to you, help man. us out thank you um for coming down appreciate it no i i Seriously, more than he's been more than an encouragement and more than an ear on a couple different things. So, thank you so much, and I look forward to uh, future endeavors, both podcasting and not podcasting. But anything you want to you want to tell the good folks at home? Uh, I will tell the good folks at home. What is this? November. So a couple days from Thanksgiving, uh, which is actually thanks. Wait, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Isn't a couple it? days, one day from Thanksgiving. And there's also Japanese, also Japanese Thanksgiving. Holiday. Yeah, yeah it's Japanese, Japanese Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah, too. Tomorrow. Which Weirdly enough. They eat a lot of, they don't eat turkey, I don't know. Yeah. Fish? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, happy Thanksgiving. This will be released later than Thanksgiving, maybe closer to Christmas time. But um, hey, I just want to say thanks for coming down. I appreciate you uh, coming down and, you know, timing it when Tuari's here. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I enjoyed the training yesterday. I think that was, what, the second time that we've actually... Had a chance in the dojo, both yeah. in the Asato dojo. Yeah, but the first time I think it was kind of like super fast. I don't. Oh yeah, that was one day I was yeah. here, and then I was forced back. I was forced up to Gifu, but. Yep. So uh, I'm I'm happy for the connection that you made, um, with uh, Nakamura Sensei. That was very good. And uh, yeah, keep training, have fun. Let's uh, let's wrap it up and go get some lunch. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Why <laughs> pass the ball to you? Anything? Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh man! And just being like, I was driving you around all yesterday. We just had great conversations yeah. and like, re- like it's you know it's weird talking through the pandemic and now being in the flesh. It's oh, like. No. It's like, yeah, well, so it's... Was my smell as bad as what you assumed it was going to be? You, you always have to worry about the pheromones, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, but, there's uh, so many pheromones jumping around. <laughs> right. When he gets around me, they come out extra. Right. Yeah. But anything you want to tell the good <laughs> folks now? Um, well, after what you said about Josh, I mean, I think oh, what I want to say is, Josh, did you ever know you're my hero? <laughs> Is he the wing, wing beneath your wings? Oh, he's the can, wind. Can you, can <laughs> can you say that wind. again, but more uh, with more melody? Did you ever know that you're a hairy hero? <laughs> no, I do mean hairy. No, 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 I mean, it's no, like, no. you need to, it's like, her suit, man. You're definitely Scottish, bruv. You know, there's a Scottish-Polish thing going on, and it goes well. It goes well. Look at look at me. This is as hero as I get, but Josh, and you take it to a whole new level. Um, no, but it's been really good to meet you guys in the, in the, in the literal flesh. Um, great to train together yesterday with Wolf Sensei and just kind of hang out. It's been really cool. And you know, it's funny. <laughs> you, you talk about sort of meeting up and these sorts of things, and how many times in life you say, Yeah, man, we've got to do that. But it's really, really lovely to be able to, for, the, for us to be able to follow through. And also, you know, to been, spend some time with uh, Michael Hagen and his lovely wife in. Um, Taipei before I got here it was just so lovely and, and far too short so I want to thank I want to thank you guys um, for being this wonderful host and looking after me and um, James Sensei his family Josh Mami Aubrey uh, Myla um, to the Pankovich family who always just so cool and it just yeah I'm looking forward to you guys coming on down to NZ yeah and um, yeah we're going to get some steaks that'll Mate, they will challenge you. I, we were in steaks the other night, and I was like, "Bring me your steaks! Bring me your steaks!" And also, it's going to be good to go to. It's going to be good to be in a country where people don't comment on the on my height, 
my size, my weight, all the immensity of my hands. I'm starting to feel like a tattooed gorilla. <laughs> so, well, I'll say you. Uh, I told you this. That yeah, you're a big guy, no doubt about it. But you're you're definitely the strongest man I've ever trained with. I mean, one thing about you is you're not just size; you're strength. Like, yeah. you, I know. I knew you worked out before you mm. got here. I knew you lifted heavy objects. But holy crap, man! You've never seen you've never seen a board move until you just like you're sitting you're standing around and just people, boom and like Tori's like just just yeah. casually hitting, but, uh, kicking at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you just guys. That is very lovely of you to say. But I also um, I also um, you've never known a Tori to completely um, crap himself as when he went to BJJ at Daniel <laughs> Damiani Sensei and just got manhandled by people a quarter a quarter of size and was left gasping and kind of sweating in the corner going I instantly regret my decision <laughs> no, it's been it's been brilliant and uh, I'm looking forward to you guys coming to the NZ and to you know you know, guys if you're listening to this to all our community to Sal to Dan to Michael to Jonathan um, CV J- you know Jonathan the the man letter 10 episode um, you know like you know, we've got a really cool community, guys, and it's really important that we support each other in whatever way we can. So, um, I am looking forward to you guys coming down to New Zealand. It'll be an absolute honour and pleasure to have you there, and I mean that most sincerely. Um, and thank you for creating a, a memory. My grandfather said you should always create stories for your funeral and memories for your dying, and and this will be something that I treasure and I keep. I really will. And so, thank you so much for creating that. It's a great way to end it. Well, Tawari, Josh, it's been, I did not expect to do this type of podcast and go all over the place, but I'm glad I did it with you guys. And <laughs> thank you guys so much for just everything, and we can leave it there for today, folks. Folks at home, thanks so much for listening, and don't forget, keep on training. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I've got to sing us out, man. I've, got to, I've come up with an right, exit song. Go. For you. Okay. No, 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 no. I got to, this is the tempo. Okay, here it goes. Boom. Okay. Boom. Karate without belts, karate without doubts, <clears throat> karate that helps out. Yeah, yeah Jonathan Ebersole, who's the guy, the guy with the plan, a leather tan. He's a man who does karate, hence the name, and he doesn't wear belts. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's out forever. <laughs> and you, you heard it here first, folks. I'm spent. Keep training, folks. Spent. So spent.
I could do the kind of pre-address right. um, because of the of the stuff from yesterday. So before we start the the the, the podcast officially, uh, I'm going to address the president oh. of the United States. Should we um, turn off our? Yeah, pull my bones and put it on silent. Yeah. Dear Joe Biden, uh, last night was a travesty. You are eating shit in the polls. Between, between from Gaza to Ukraine, you are fucking up. The thing to do is to finally give North Korea a peace agreement. That way, you can pull what Trump could never do. You could finally create peace between North Korea and America. And yes, this is an old issue that most people don't care about. However, however, this will help in this coming election in November of 2024. And if we want to put your brain in the vat and have you do a ninth term, a hundred years from now, you better start listening. Okay, cool. That's out of the way. Let's start podcasting about karate. Wow. <laughs> that was really unexpected, man. Yeah. I was kind of... <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta be honest, I was kind of uncomfortable with yeah. it. <laughs> like, uh, especially... You're not being even... The, being a non-American. You're not yeah. even American. Yeah. So what? So it's good that... It's good that um, I, I'm able to piss off people in other countries, especially <laughs> the most powerful country in the world. So, thanks for that, Jonathan. Um, the, the views expressed by um, by Jonathan Sensei are not necessarily those expressed by his guest. Um, so, members of the CIA and three-letter organisations listening on your various devices around the world, it wasn't me. Okay. Well, we're not. We're just gonna get. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be me yet. <laughs> I anyway, man. So, um, all right. I guess we can start official. Um, We've got, what, how many devices recording this? I have no idea. But 